0: everyone and welcome back to the Bible in a Beer podcast. On today's episode we sit down with Father Jordan Berghaus and do some Lexio Divina on Psalm 139. Make sure you stick around for our follow-up episode with Father Jordan later this week where we discuss the difference in parish life in the rural versus urban setting, JP2, and so much more. If you like this content, want to hear more like it, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the
1: other great weekly content we have coming your way. Lord, you have probed me. You know me. You know when I sit and stand. You understand my thoughts from afar. You sift through my travels and my rest. With all my ways, you are familiar. Even before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. Behind and before, you encircle me, and rest your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, far too lofty for my reach. Where can I go from your spirit, From your presence, where can I flee? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I lie down in shale, there you are. If I take the wings of dawn and dwell beyond the sea, even there, your hand guides me. Your right hand holds me fast. If I say, surely darkness shall hide me and night shall be my light. Darkness is not dark for you, and night shines as the day. Darkness and light are but one. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My very self you know. My bones are not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, fashioned in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me unformed. In your book, all are written down. My days were shaped before one came to be. How precious to me are your designs, O God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sands. When I complete them, still you are with me. When you would destroy the wicked, O God, the bloodthirsty depart from me. Your foes who conspire a plot against you are exalted in vain. Probe me, God, know my heart. Try me know my thoughts. See if there is a wicked path in me. Lead me along an ancient path.
0: Father Jordan, a great reading. Um, I always envy the the priestly way of being able to read scripture, <laughs> the priestly voice as it were. There's just something about it like whenever I read it um, and then the priest guest will read it. It's like,
1: hmm. I like the way you read it too, Kevin.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, so why Psalm 139? Um, it's interesting. Most of the people that we've done recordings with so far have picked the New Testament, which obviously nothing wrong with that whatsoever, but why Psalm 139 in this case?
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite Psalms. Um, so we read the Psalms every day and the Liturgy of the Hours, mm-hmm. but this one has always been impactful for me. It kind of Resonates with me in my own life and how I've encountered God. I don't know. I think I just love how it talks about how much uh, God knows us, you know, uh, that he's within. You know, it's like that line from St. Augustine. uh, He was within, I was without. He was within. He designed every fiber of our being and that's a cause to rejoice and he's always there. So even when we try to run away from him, he's there always uh, trying to bring us back. So if if,
0: let's say if a parishioner come up to you and ask, what does this psalm sum up for for somebody? God
1: has designed you, he loves you, and he's always with you, I think. That's how I would sum it up.
0: Yeah. Is there a line in here, or a verse, I should say, that strikes you more than any other one, or at least one of them that's like, you know, top three?
1: Uh, You knit me in my mother's womb. Yeah. Uh, I'm fearfully made, wonderfully made. Yeah. Um, It's a great pro-life psalm. Yeah, um, yeah. But... Yeah, what a what a powerful image. Just imagine the Lord, you know, knitting you in your mother's womb. Every part of who you are. There are parts of us that we love, there are parts of us that we hate. Yeah. Uh, and God knows all of it. And yeah, it's it, wonderful.
0: It's a beautiful image too when you when you bring up being knit. It's not just created, not just formed, but knit, which is something if you've ever, you know, watched somebody knit something like, you know, your grandma or your mom or something, it is a little bit more of an arduous task. Yeah. And there is so much just love and patience that goes into that. And and it's not always perfect. Whatever you're knitting, there's always like some tiny flaw. But so often, the person who's knitting it will obviously be able to say, "Oh man, I messed this little part up." But the person you give that to, they never notice. Yeah, you know oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. always like such a beautiful thing. And yeah, what you're saying about you know all these things that the Lord knows the good and the bad of us because He He formed us. It's in this world like we want to change ourselves. We see so many people wanting to change, you know, at an ontological level who
1: they are. Yeah, um, but like we are good as we are made. Amen, yeah, and um, we can never run away from him, you know, I mean, I think that's consoling for us, you know, when we might think about for me or you, you know, how is it that um I encountered the Lord, you know, even when I ran away from him, uh, yeah. he still pursued me, yeah, and it's consoling too when we think about the people that we love, friends, siblings, for some people, children, yeah um, that God uh, they can never run away from him, yeah, um, he's always going to be. Uh, whether it's they're in Sheol or, uh, you know, in the heavens, um, he is there.
0: Do you think that's scary for some people to think they're like, man, no, whatever. no matter what I do, I can never like hide from God. You know, there's always that, almost that big, not, not that I feel this way, but there's like this sure. big brother sense of, of faith or of God. And I think that maybe that's a turnoff to some people. I don't know what your thought is on that.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think there's probably two takes to it. For some, it would be comforting. For some, it would, yeah, it would be a fearful about it.
0: Yeah. What, what would you say is like a, a counterpoint to then as
1: a priest, you know, somebody who's trying to just
0: encourage somebody in that way um, for people who are like, I don't want, you know, the church telling me what to do. I don't want God telling me what to do. What is maybe just like a gentle encouragement for those people that like, no, it's, it's okay that like God is with you at all times, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it gives you the courage to, to not be afraid to, to talk to him about everything. You know, I, I can bring everything to confession or yeah. I can bring everything to my prayer because he already knows. So uh, that's consoling. Um, I can be open and honest with him and invite him into everything. Um, There's no point in uh, being afraid of acknowledging the reality of my life.
0: So let me ask you, you you make an interesting point there, right? And we think about this, you know, with confession or just prayer in general, where we say, okay, the Lord already knows these things. So the question might be, then why do we have to bring it forward in prayer? Why do we have to bring it forward in confession? Why do we have to make ourselves, you know, available to God. If he already knows these things, why is it that we have to present it and go through kind of that obnoxiousness of like, okay, yes, I did specifically this, or I
1: I messed up there, I need help with this, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's potency there. It's human, you know? Um, If you and your wife, if you and your wife got in a fight- Never, never. (laughs) (laughs) I just met her so I can see there's (laughs) there's nothing to fight about. exactly. Would it be enough for you to just- Think think about it in your heart. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, no, like yeah. you have to say it. You know, honey, I'm so sorry. Uh, please forgive me. And if she's anything like my mother, um, she would say, "Well, what are you sorry for?" Yeah. It's even more potent. Yeah. Um, not just to speak out loud our sorrow, but to be specific. Yeah. Uh, so with confession in particular, yeah, it's just uh, an engagement of the whole of who we are yeah. uh, as a human person. I'm not just a pure spirit. Um, I've got a body. I've got a, I've got flesh, mm. and so mm. I give flesh. Uh, for whatever it is that I'm expressing to the Lord, whether it's sorrow, whether it's praise, yeah. um, W- however, it is that I'm that I'm worshiping Him.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're saying basically our spirits, which the Lord, you know, Lord knows all of us, but our spirits. Even if we feel like we're in tune with the Lord, our body has to reflect that and be in mutual alignment with it. So, if we are sorry for something, then we should actually act that out because we're corporal, physical beings. Yeah. On this, on this, on this earth. So, yeah, I don't know. That that does make sense because I think yeah, I think about what you said about apologizing, and I think this is like an important thing too. Is like, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry for doing this. And on the other side, somebody's saying not just add. Eh, don't worry about it. It's okay. But it's saying like, I forgive you because that's a powerful thing to actually yeah. say those words. Even if you feel it right. To say those things, it's very potent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the potency, like you said, I think is actually a really great word for it. And that's true. Like we have to be able to act out uh, that which our spiritual life might already be living. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. So question, I'm trying to find the verse. You said, I can't find where it was, but you just said something about it, that we were, were made fearfully. Yeah,
1: fearfully and wonderfully made.
0: Yeah. What do you, um, how would you expound upon that? Especially like the fearfully part is interesting. Is that like fear of the Lord in that sense? Or yeah. is this something in a different context?
1: I think so. I mean, typically fear of the Lord, they say it's like awe and wonder. You know, it's yeah. like if you're ever in the presence of somebody you really respect. Yeah. You know, you're just like you're fearful. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Look at who they are. Yeah. You know, I'm getting nervous because yeah. I respect you so much. Who would that be for you as a priest? Uh, the, the, <laughs> the Pope? <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. The Pope. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of people in, in my life that yeah. I look up to so much yeah. that, you know, you kind of bow in in their presence. Yeah. Um, sometimes even it's people that you don't expect when you get to know, yep. like a parishioner who, I don't know, there's something very wonderful, uh, about people who have really heavy crosses and the more you get to know them, the more you're in awe of what they have to carry. And as a result of that, how much God loves them. So, but then of course, for me, uh, father Luke Strand, you know, he's somebody, uh, a powerhouse. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's also a good friend, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's always people that we're looking up to that help us to, uh, understand that concept fear of the Lord. So when I think about that, that line from the Psalm, uh, being fearfully made. I think it's just uh, the wonder uh, with which each person in their uniqueness was designed, uh, yeah. unlike anyone that's ever been designed before or will be designed again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to reflect on that and our identity, uh, our uniqueness, uh, the love that God has for us in that uniqueness. Yeah. yeah powerful.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think, I don't know what your thoughts You can let me know what your thoughts are on this, but I think there's, um, you know, the aspect that we are. Unique and beloved in God's eyes, obviously, especially just the way that we are made, warts and all. But then there's also, I think, something to be said about it's okay sometimes to be. I know this is going to sound maybe a little bit crass, but like cogs in the machine, and not from the sense that we're just you know cattle to be herded, but that we're here to. I used the phrase before uh, of you know until we shuffle off this mortal coil, right? Like we're here, obviously, to to live um, as much as we can in God's presence. But it, it essentially is being here and living a life hopefully of, of virtue and of charity and of chastity so we can fully be encompassed by the Lord's love and the beatific vision. So I think sometimes we feel like we have to I've got to make my mark on the
1: world and sure. do this and do yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. What do you think? It's a good I think you're yeah, you're you're touching on a good tension. Like yes, we are totally unique and and God loves us. At the same time we are dust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's the the kind of paradox, humility, yeah. um, and also Appreciating the gift of who we are, yeah, you know. So yeah. I, I think that does fit into humility. Yeah, you know?
0: that's yeah. I, I get what you're saying. So and so, like the humility aspect is the aspect, obviously, of putting away these these worldly passions, and is what you're saying, and uh, trying to subdue those things, and trying
1: to be virtuous as much as we can, obviously, in this in this life. Well, yeah, and also hu- humility in the sense of okay, this is who I am. This is who God created me to be, but it's not because of me. Yeah, you know, oh, so that's a great point. Yeah. Somebody like Our Lady, you know, yes, she actually was designed and created in a higher way, yeah. you know, uh, full of grace yeah. in a way that was unique. She, yeah. she was given a greater portion, <laughs> but not because of her, yeah. but because of God's will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can appreciate the uniqueness, whether we're a little flower like, like Therese or like Our Lady. How is it that God desires to use me? It's beautiful, no matter how small, no matter how yeah. big, uh, and it's not because of me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So let me ask you about another passage. Another one um, I thought was interesting. So this is uh, verse six for anybody who's following along. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, far too lofty for me to reach. Where can I go from your spirit, from your presence? Where can I flee? Yeah. This is always an interesting for me, Great. Cause the, the first portion where he says such knowledge is too wonderful for me, right? It's, it seems like, Oh, that's a really awesome, beautiful thing. Right. Uh, and then he says, it's far too lofty for me to reach. So yeah, how do we how do we square that? I mean, some people might hear that and think this is it's going to be too hard for me to understand. It's going to be too much for me to to grasp. It's just easier to just you know stay in my lane. How do we get
1: around that with regards to understanding God? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another I think tension, another uh, paradox. You know, like we can get to know God. We yeah. can we can touch on who He is. We can encounter Him, experience Him, but it doesn't even begin. Uh, to encompass who he really is he yep. is totally other yeah so there is no there is no perfect way to to kind of uh, explain it Yeah. Um, but i think we experience that you know yeah. like we do know god and yeah. yet we realize the more that we get to know him how much we don't understand yeah. everything about our life is a mystery how mm-hmm. is it that i was given life how is it that i can uh, think and love and yeah. live and you know, breathe. I mean, all of these things are total mysteries. So that's just a part of what it means to be a human person.
0: Yeah. I, that's really interesting that you say that because I was just thinking about this uh, earlier this week of, you know, our, our first child is due in two months and that baby is, you know, the brain is being formed and everything. Obviously, it's mostly formed at this point, but things, you know, neurons and synapses and everything keep, keep growing and, and strengthening. But I can't even imagine like in that time of like, okay, you can't really see that that well when you're a baby. um, you don't understand a whole lot, but you're learning like constantly. But you don't really remember any of that. Like I'm trying to think of like, what is it like for that baby to experience life in the womb right now? Because apparently you can dream, and I said to to Annie, I was like, what is it dreaming about? <laughs> what experiences does it have? You know, like something awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. So like, I, it's just, it's this thing that you can't grasp, even though you know, it's reality. Like I, I've seen the ultrasound and yeah. I've, I've heard the heartbeat. I, I know it exists, yeah. but I can't really grasp it. And I can't even begin to imagine what life for that child is like, even though I began life there as myself, you know, it's like, it's just such a, a beautiful gift. But like you said, it is a mystery. Cause it's like, what, how, you know,
1: yeah. how you start as this like tiny zygote and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wonder of it, the beauty of it. And uh, there is so much. I think it's good, I think, to reflect on how much about our lives, about who God is, about the truth, um, that we don't even come close uh, to fully comprehending. Uh, That's a a good position to be in, to just acknowledge the reality of how small we are, but then also to embrace the things that uh, we know to be true. The design that he has given us with ourselves, with the world, Uh, receiving it um, Mm. with joy uh, and humility. And then, you know, the truth that surrounds who he is, who we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with one of my friends uh, recently and it's kind of that, like you said, that tension, that wrestling with, you know, but how do I know? And how do I like, you know, how do I know about the existence of God or the love that God has for each of us or whatever it may be. And, you almost kind of get to a point, I think, where it's like, there's nothing I can really say that's going to convince you. I can I can reason, or I can say things that are logical. I can give you words from the saints, from, from scripture, whatever it may be. But I think, you know, to your point, and I think it's a really salient point, it's just, you have to experience it. The Lord makes himself present
1: in so many ways in our lives. We just fail to see it in most cases, it seems like. Absolutely. He's the one who does the work. He's the protagonist. Yeah. He's been the protagonist yeah. for you and for me. Yeah. And he will be for those who we love. He loves yeah. every person um, more than any other yeah. person loves them. And so that's consoling. God is always at work. Closing thought on the psalm or uh, closing encouragement? Anybody
0: looking to uh, <laughs> understand this one a little bit more? Is, is there lexio that you do, like live lexio for people or recorded lexio for people? I know some priests do that. I don't, but
1: maybe I'll consider
0: it. One of these today. days. One <laughs> of, well, you, you used to do, we'll talk about this in the next segment, but you used to do on your
1: own, like, video series podcast. Things, we did. Right? We never did Lexio. That mm-hmm. was, uh, definitely a missing portion. It's a good way to begin. Okay. Absolutely. Sweet.
0: Love it. All right, Father. Looking forward to the next one.
1: Thanks, guys.